It's that plant babe, plant babe. Ow! L A Rays, L D P. Ow! With all the smoke. It's that plant babe, plant babe. Even when you talk, it ain't over me. Hello, world, universe, everybody out there. This is Blonde Bay Podcast with your host, Candy Cubana, the hostess with the mostest. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I hope everyone is doing well. And yeah, let's get into the show. This show is very fresh, very new, and it's turning into a motivational podcast, I think, because I have a lot of motivational points and things like that so yeah let's get into it Yes, yes, yes. Blunt Bay Podcast, Candy Cubana and this thing though. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Yes. How is everyone doing? Hope everybody is doing well. And let me start with my usual. Hello world, universe. Candy Cubana and this thing though. Welcome to Blunt Bay Podcast. This week has been super busy for me. It was Mother's Day. Shout out to all the beautiful moms out there. Um, it was a couple weeks ago. I'm telling on myself. I haven't recorded since Cinco de Mayo. Shame. Shame. I know. But I've been getting money, y'all. I've been getting my coin. So you can't blame me for that. Um, but in the meantime, in between time, it was some stuff that went on that went on. And what happened, happened was... Child, let me, uh, let me, let me go on and do, okay, it's always, <laughs> okay, so, um, shout out to all the beautiful moms out there, making a beautiful difference in the world, holding down, holding down the fort, taking care of these bad children, and whatnot, you know, um, I love it. I respect it. I'm appreciative. I love my mother. I love all the mothers out there. You guys, you risk your lives giving birth. And with that, I respect that. Now, um, so I enjoyed my Mother's Day. Um, we were at my mom's friend's house. We had good food, good vibes, um, good people. And uh, I watched, I caught a little bit of the, the, the verses with the escape and SWV. Yes, Queens. Y'all did that. Shout out to SWB and shout out to Escape. Mad legends. Mad talent in the building. I wish I had a front row seat. <laughs> but um, it was card games, pretty babies everywhere. And I personally handcrafted a gift basket for my mom. I gave this woman this lady the works okay because y'all know how sometimes the gift baskets they don't be coming how y'all really want the stuff to come inside every little thing you want is not in there so i made a very detailed basket so i hope she's grateful mother <laughs> yes and um because you know they say it's more it's better to have um things from the heart and things that you can you know that's not really so much always about financial. It's about thought. So, yeah. Let me turn it down a bit. So, um, yes, I put some pieces together and custom picked every single detail in the basket. Because normally, you know, 
they don't come how you want and everything you want. So me, of course, I went all out for moms. I got the balloons, the flowers. Um, I even got some chocolate-covered strawberries that we both did not even eat. And um, I say all that plus the quality time, you know, um, together was well spent. Now, normally schedules collide and don't mix, and I'm always working. And she is always working and pushing towards working I'm pushing towards working from home really so it's just those moments that you get together are very priceless so shout out to everyone that spent the quality time with their loved ones if it was an adopted mom or um a like a, a play mom if you will you know we, we still do play cousins and <laughs> you know as we get older um people that are like family to you it doesn't necessarily have to be dna definitely so, yeah, and um, running my own small business, which is big business, which is big business to me, I could be around for gatherings and events and cookouts, parties, because I've become my own boss of my own schedule, you know? Now, I still work for a company, and I, you know, I got a regular job, but my passion this music which does not pay me right now um and the potting of course is what i'm pushing towards getting this mother effing paper okay getting the business down so this is uh this week is episode 10 <sighs> like the finish line y'all like i thought i would never get here y'all finally episode 10 y'all i'm sorry this has been a long little couple of months for me this is a new adventure like i said nobody's helping me nobody is training me this is all me so yeah i would never i would never get here if i didn't grind sheesh y'all just don't know what it takes to do this like i'm just getting my toenails wet you know i think my ankles might be touching the water but you know yeah, little tippity tap tap. <laughs> I'm not swimming yet, but I'm I'm at the pool party though. My, my, I'm I'm there. I'm looking cute. If nobody is proud of me, I am. So I told you I'm gonna close this season out with ten episodes so I can promote and start this website and handle some of the music biz and podcast biz behind the curtains. You know, Candyland and Blood Booze. Um, email if you guys are wondering i do have an email for the pod um bluntbay2k at gmail if you want to send some fan mail or your dislikes or your you know your fixations or your admirations inspirations hateration send it all also the visuals of course you keep on keep on hearing me promise y'all and i hate making promises definitely hate breaking them so I'm in debt to my own audience. <laughs> Sweet. Nah, but I said what I said and my intentions are true. I'm new to this, but true to this. Bear with me, y'all. So this week I met with someone at a store I was working at. And I'm going to get right into it. <laughs> I was minding my neck, standing in line to use the restroom. And long behold, this motherfucker, yeah, he a motherfucker, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, this ain't no man bashing show, because I don't like bashing anything. I just like telling facts and my experiences. So, you know, madam, boom. And if you know who you are, and you going to hear this one day, you know exactly why you fucked up in your karma, baby. But this can be and will be in all women. Children, men, dogs can get the business if they are out of line. Okay? Don't nobody like no badass kid. Don't nobody like no badass adult, definitely. Because you really supposed to know better. Okay? Anyway. Yeah, my ruler is out right now. I'm already tapping, tapping you on the head. Alright. Now, this is me being a hopeless lonely romantic because you know i've been in isolation way before the quarantine y'all i've been quarantining before quarantine was quarantine you know um 
before there was ever a COVID, before there was ever a mask, um, I was always six feet. Nigga, six days. Give me six days apart, okay? Um, so now I'm um, trying to date and be free and outgoing and not be weird and be in the house, right? So you give people chances. Facts. <laughs> so this is me being a lonely, hopeless romantic. I met the guy, I give him my number, cause he asked for it and he was a gentleman in the beginning. He let me cut in front of him, even though he was waiting before me. So I consider that to be a great gesture. Clearly it's all love bombing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what narcissists do. Let's not even get into that. I also tried to uh, fix my hubcap rim that fell off and he was unsuccessful. That should have been a sign right there. Don't even try. Just get up. What are you doing? Anyway, because you know the hubcaps, they fall off from the heat. I live in the desert, y'all, so, you know, they fall off from the heat sometimes. So I be having extra and I tried to put it on. He said he could do it and mission mission missionable missionable okay <laughs> so boom he get my number he calls me the next day now we talk on the phone for hours which is already a sign like oh my god i should have known but it was just like too good to be true in the beginning you know we just automatically relatable like everything hell so good vibes great conversation he was saying everything I wanted and needed to hear. He didn't miss a beat. You hear me? I'm just in lush mode, y'all. Quiet, but listening. Heavy. He talks such a good game. He made it seem like, of course, he left all his three baby mamas. And he need a partner with, like, a business mind. Somebody that know how to manage his money and blah, blah, blah. Acting to me like a team player, quote unquote, if you will. Mind you, three baby mamas, three different races. Positive. I know what I was. Different race, because you tell me. I'm just saying, I'm not judging. I'm stating facts. So, I'm holding myself accountable and going out with him. And this is not to blast, because I ain't said no names, no states, where they from. And I know all that. I'm, if they was even telling the truth. But I'm just letting young women know the caliber of men out here in the games. Sis. We make the mistakes, so y'all don't have to. So first thing first, three baby mamas. No car, no business, cause he had time to waste my time. He damn, he ain't got no business. He basically pleaded and begged for me to have fun with him and that he would pay me for the day, day's work, where I don't have to work. And, you know, I'm all for that. If you're going to compensate for my time and, you know, and respect the hustle, thank you. So, with that, I felt that that's some boss-ass shit. And let's proceed. Now, ladies, if a man says he's going to take you out <laughs> and pay your work day, what you doing? <laughs> If you had a choice. So I did just that and took off work. Red flag. But I should have asked for that shit. Cash app, debit transfer, something before you even step out. Wrong. That was the, that was the mistake right there. That's game. I'm sorry, but niggas tend to respect what they pay for. 
Now, you can look at it as a prostitution type of thing or a hookerish thing, but it's really not because <laughs> I'm not having any sexual acts. And, um, yeah, my time I felt for the day should have been compensated because that's what your word was. And that's really what I like anyway. That's what I would go for. And long story short, long story long, we get to the restaurant that was 20 minutes away. Now, I chose to drive far out because, you know, the areas was too popping and it was just too many people. I was just trying to duck off and be on some, you know, mm -mm. coulda, shoulda, woulda stopped for gas and the whole situation right there, but that didn't even happen. So y'all, listen, this is just what expressing what I'm saying. Get your, get your money. Get your money up front. If a nigga's gonna waste your time, if a woman is gonna waste your time, get something up front, period. Because, <laughs> listen, you don't know what you finna get. So, sorry. Not sorry. Um, so, the money situation right there, but I didn't want to ruin the mood. I didn't. I could have brought it up, you know what I'm saying, where it's like, yo, you, know, you, know, you said that you was going to, uh, you know, I don't want to bring that up, child, like, that's, that's a little too thirst for me, because I really don't need it, but I really, really would like it, and I'd rather have it, because that's what I was going to get that day anyway for my, for my work, so, anyway, I didn't want to ruin the mood. I don't want to say thirsty. I'm not money hungry. I got fucking money. It's the principles for me. It's the principality to the situation. You know? I want to see if you're going to do what you say. Playing with my money is like playing with my emotion. He didn't. I went to the restroom, came back. He was on the phone. Attitude. I don't want to be here. Quote unquote, that's what he said. He asking the waitress where the store at. He got totally disrespectful and out of line and just out of pocket for no reason, really. He was basically, I need to get a blunt. <laughs> blunt babe. But really, you don't ask the waitress for a blunt. We are in public. We are in a, in a this ain't even like a super five-star restaurant or nothing, but this is a setting. Where is your decor? What? <laughs> so, my eyes is popping out my head at this point like fucking Looney Tune because I can't believe I even stepped out with a creature, feature, critter, creep show ass. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> I'm looking like I checked him. Like, I asked who you was on the phone with and why you asking the waitress for blunts. Like, what is going on? He was trying to piss me off and start an argument, basically, so he wouldn't have to do anything that he promised. You know what I'm saying? One of them. Just like, ugh. Like, really? Nasty. Just play games. For what? Pure bitch-made nigga shit. He was a pure bitch-made beta male nigga. He was um, faking like he was masculine. But he was a straight bitch. He left the restaurant. He actually he took my swishers. He said he was gonna go roll up. <laughs> this is the type of people that I'm dealing with. He took my swishers and he left because he said he was gonna roll up in my car. And I'm like, why are you going to the car? We're sitting at the table. What is wrong with you? This is this is no. I, I mm -mm. why? So he paid for our drinks and then he left. So I stayed and I got my food to go and I paid for my food. But he paid for the drinks or whatever and then I did not give him a ride back to where he had to go. It's just like, what is the games out here, guys? You guys are older than me. These guys are in their 30s, 30s. Like, these guys are in their mid to late 30s to 40s to, to, to mid 40s. 
It's guys out here playing whole games out here. And it's just, it's really, really bad. It's a bad cesspool dating pool. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that all guys are like this, you guys. Not at all. It's just the experience at this point. It's like, it's the experience for me. <laughs> he tried it. <clears throat> so, he left the restaurant. I guess he caught a ride or whatever. He paid for the drinks, but I paid for my food. I took my pretty ass, classy ass home. Okay? Didn't cause no scene, none of that. Because these niggas not going to worry me. I sat pretty. I finished my drink. I ordered my food to go. And I went home. You dead. You dead. You dead. You dead. You dead. You dead. Okay. This is crazy. Y'all ladies be careful out here. I need some I got some chapstick real quick. whatever whatnot that's um whoo that's a blood moment yeah he was um he was um a little yeah, team, team too much team too much i was slapping me i was slapping hell out of you you don't play with me you don't know what you best fly. with me i don't even know when i'm gonna slap somebody my reflexes just slap people i be like damn I, why did i why did i do that i don't even know when i be slapping people i don't know when i'm gonna slap somebody you keep messing with me Controlling your emotions is key. That shit is hard as fuck. But once you learn that and apply it and master it, can't nobody get you off your square. Controlling your emotions. That's like the number one reason or cause of suicide, probably. It's all emotion. It's all in your head. Once you can control that, that's different. You know. Control your heart. You know. Control your actions. You know. It's all like a, a working system mechanism. Now another bitch probably would have had the luxury of taking off work to try and go get spoiled by a man but sis i could have had a way better day more satisfying plus you getting paid trust me it ain't all that crap to me you may have to date many hogs frogs and dogs before your king dream everything i'm gonna say that again you may have to date many hogs frogs and dogs before your king dream everything some good shit shout out to my weed lady shout out to i ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say no names but, uh, yeah she lit that's the homegirl but um i've been on facebook ranting making posts people probably like oh lord who she talking about these ain't shit ninjas but i'm not gonna stop loving myself i'm not gonna stop enjoying men see it's these certain type of men that seem to keep being fruit flies and nets and roaches at the party and i am the party <clears throat> ding ding i'm gonna get a woman panel together and discuss some things it needs to be talked about because i see kevin samuels holding women accountable and i get his logic not their emotion and the i feel likes no, I get his premises, the content and logic, whether you agree or don't agree. He makes valid points. We have to discuss these men. And I don't want to bash, but I just, I want to discuss. We need to converse. We need to level up in high vibration intellectual conversations.
Hello. See how that just came out? <laughs> you know, I... Ding, ding. Okay, moving along. We have to... Uh, we gotta do that, y'all. Men just drop babies off and go out and date. And the fuck up single women. They go to the single women's lives with no kids and try to fuck up their mental. It's a sick cycle. It really, really is. And they try to make them make them become beings. Single beings. That's it. So, what you mean and mean what you say? That's why shorty heart cold sometimes. You gotta remember, we got two frequencies in this world. Two currencies. Time and energy. Money is two. You have to decide, make a choice, which is where we have to at the particular time. Then another... AKA Hey Stranger <laughs> Gave you my number Boy, let me let me turn up Hold up Gave you My number no- what, what month is it? Let me take a sip Shout out to the Mango margarita drinkers Even though this is water Nice ice cold water I do, um, I've been drinking um, so. Mango Margarita. Y'all put down what y'all been drinking somewhere. <laughs> okay. Mr. Hey Stranger. Y'all know this one with the quote unquote. Hey Stranger. Ninja, I gave you my number in February. Decides to to hit me up in May, June, July looking ass nigga. Like, I'm sure you probably was going through some shit, but if you just getting back on your feet, you not ready to date yet. <laughs> like, that's what's wrong with dating. People are not in their right mind or spirit to date. <laughs> ding, ding. It is a cesspool of chaos, and I'm not liking what the fuck is at sea. Now, I heard statistics say 51 to 64% of black men are single and childless. Where are y'all? Email bluntbabe2k at gmail. The single, unmarried black men. Bluntbabe2k at gmail. Deadass. Because this is the statistics that Kevin was saying, Kevin Samuels, that is. And he's a statistic and chart man and a number man. And numbers don't lie normally. They be they mess with the numbers. They can manipulate, but a numbers, the math is the math. Two plus two gonna always be four. You know? Now, the question is, do we bond? So I'm trying to link up and be around those types. Are, how are your personalities? Are they actually well-mannered? Can they control their actions? Like, these are in-depth questions, right? But I would love to know. How is your relationship with your parents, your siblings, what is your sun sign <laughs> and your moon sign? Yes, I have the astrological charts, okay? It's fun and it can be very accurate, so I indulge. Satch, gang, gang, okay? So I'm going to come back and let y'all know some dating stories, y'all. Just know I'm out here and I'm on the market. <laughs> Deadass. It's real. I mean, it is what it is. And I am a high-value woman. Okay? I make a million dollars intellectually. Okay? Waistline on thin line. Hello. What's up? Shut up. Okay. Um, 
because it's crazy out here y'all like it's very taxing mentally emotionally but experience is the best teacher best professor and i'm on a full scholarship university <laughs> ding ding university of hard knocks ding ding so this week party on 10 yet i love this song um kendrick lamar party on 10 yet uh place up we got to step into the garden, y'all. We, we stepping into the garden. We got seeds to plant and flowers to water. This episode is Diaz. Mami, papito. Diaz. Episode Diaz. 10. I want to shine some light on a group that was before and during my time of birth, okay? These guys were pioneers. Okay, stomping with the big dogs. The torch was lit from them when it came to gangster shit. Riding for your people and saying what you feel. Kind of like how we do here on the Black Bay Podcast. See, I don't want nobody. See, I have to, I have to, I have to come around in. I had to punch in real quick and I, uh, I had my little fur babies crashing at the door. I'm telling y'all, these pet animals are just like kids. I had to give them a fruit snack so they can leave me be while I do this business. Goodness gracious. Scratching at the dog like mama with a hippo. Here, take this bone and leave me alone. Okay. Alright. She's so needy. She's so like she needs she's all gonna be up around me. Like what you doing? But the, you know, they scratching the bells that gets in the way of the recording. You know, they're doing too much, making noises. I need silence. Get up out of here. <clears throat> so, uh party on Now it is no rush to water these plants. Thank God we got people to look back on that we can pay these homages to. Because these legendary groups have solid individuals as well that are famous in their own right. I'm happy to introduce Kelly's own legendary international rap rock stars. No other than my niggas with attitude nwa yes yes hell motherfucker nwa my guys my guys my brothers from different maras the world's most dangerous group let's get into it NWA was an American hip-hop group from Compton, California. Shout out, Cali. <laughs> West. Its members were the first and effective in popularity with controversial figures of the gangster rap genre. The group was and still is considered one of the greatest and most influential groups in the history of hip-hop music. The group early on consisted of Arabian Prince, MC Ren, Ice Cube, Easy e DJ Yellow, and of course, Dr. Dre. Active from 1987 to 1991, the group's lyrics was highly explicit and controversial, very much so, which many viewed as being misogynistic and glorifying drugs and crime. The group was banned from mainstream American radio stations. In spite of all that, NWA has sold over 10 million, 10 million units in the U.S. alone. So somebody was buying it. Touching on content like its group members' experiences of racism and excessive policing, the group made inherently political music. The group was known for their deep hatred of the police system, which sparked many outcries from the media for years. Now, the group in 1987 was Arabian Prince, Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, and Ice Cube. DJ Yella and MC Ren joined later that year. They released their first compilation album as a group in 1987 called N.W.A. and the Posse, which peaked at number 39 on the Billboard magazine. Top R&B and hip-hop album charts. 
Arabian Prince was already a solo artist, so he wasn't phased with the business. Actually, he wasn't pleased with the business in WA, so he didn't like what the fuck was going on in the, in the business, in the contract, y'all. So he left. He bounced in 88 when I was born. <laughs> Straight out of Compton in 98, Ice Cube followed soon after in 89. Easy e Ice Cube, MC Ren, and Dr. Dre would later become platinum-selling solo artists in their own right in, in the 1990s. Hell yeah. They was popping. I was too young to know, but they was popping. N.W.A.'s debut album marked the beginning of the new gangster rap era. The production and social commentary in the lyrics were revolutionary. Their second studio album, Niggas for Life, was the first hardcore rap album to reach number one on the billboard. Shout out. Round of a motherfucking applause. Killing shit. Rolling Stone ranked N.W.A. number 83 on its list of 100 greatest artists of all time. In 2016, the group was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame following three previous nominations. So let's get into some history facts, y'all, shall we? See, I also do this for folks that don't like to read. <laughs> It'll be y'all's audiobook. That's all, it's cool. Hey, guess what? I'm learning too. Sharing is caring. Sharing historic hip-hop facts, if you really love it, is a duty. I'ma say that again. Sharing historic hip-hop facts, if you really love it, is a duty. So let me whip it out. Whip out the stick. A.K. the ruler. Mmm. And let me know, let me, let me let you know that NWA was assembled by Compton-based Eazy-E, who co-founded Ruthless with Records with Jerry Heller. Now, initially, the group consists of Eazy-E and Dr. Dre, together with fella producer Arabian Prince. Ice Cube was added to the roster. Dre would later bring on DJ Yellow. Now, Dr. Dre and DJ Yellow were both family members of the world class. They were, I'm sorry, they were formerly known to be in the world class wrecking crew. That was the group back in the day. The world class wrecking crew as DJs and producers as Dre and DJ Yellow. Ruthless released the single Panic Zone in 1987 with McCullough Records, which you can find that song on the N.W.A. and the Posse album. N.W.A. released their debut album Straight Outta Compton in 88. The group reflected the rising anger of the urban youth. Straight Outta Compton introduced the song Fuck the Po-Po, in which they protested police brutality and racial profiling. Hmm. Sounds about current, but this was in the 80s. Sounds relevant. Makes you think, huh? The Rodney King beating. I was little at the time, but I remember things like that. It's been going on, you guys. He was basically George Floyd, but minus killing, of course. Rest in peace to George Floyd. George Floyd and everyone else like have things changed really NWA referred to their music as reality rap that real shit y'all bluntly with high aggression <laughs> anyone anywho <laughs> 27 years later Member and co-producer of the Straight Outta Compton film, Ice Cube and MC Ren, 
wrote most of the group's lyrics, including Fuck the Popo, their most notorious song, which indeed brought problems with law agencies. The record label, Ruthless Records, were sent letters from the FBI agencies stating that they refused to provide security for the group concerts, threatening to not have security at the concerts, hurting them to not tour. The letters only drew more attention and publicity that helped them in the long run. Now, a fun fact within a history fact. Straight Outta Compton was one of the first albums to advertise to the new parental advisory label sticker that came out. The stickers that come on the albums for the explicit lyrics, that was because of N.W.A. Yo, say it ain't so. We the West, the people created the curse sticker. How fucking cool is that? I mean, did you know? Fun fact. I would say warning. Moderate impact. Coarse language or themes only. NWA eventually went double platinum. Shout out. Applause. Impact. Impact. Double platinum. Lighters up. Lighters in gear. Round of applause, gunshots. Ruthless Records also consists of label mates. JJ Fad, Supersonic, yo, uh, uh, Supersonic, them. Chick, them chick, and Miss Chalet. Something in my heart, something in my Remember, we did Miss Chalet. We love Miss Chalet here, and we did an episode on her. She seems so sweet. So, like, music was handed, handled by Dre and Yella, lyrics by MC Ren, and contributions from Ice Cube and the DLC. The album was a success. The group's second release in 91, N- Niggas for Life, spelled backwards, reestablished the band in which Ice Cube had departed from the group due to business issues. Y'all have the money not right, and the business ain't tight, you know? Now, I don't want to get into the, the banging on wax. Like all of the, you know, the DJ Quick, beef, the MCA, and all of that stuff. Like, I didn't want to get into that on the last episode, so I'm not going to do that with this. We don't do that here. But anyway... There was a lot of that back then. Because, you know, the West was with the shit. So, it was a lot back and forth dissing. And them niggas is, is cool now, so it don't matter. But maybe they is, maybe they not. Whatever. But go back and listen to Bars of Fire and, both, and all the rhymes from everybody. But anyway, the album was considered by many Dr. Dre's finest productions and was the start of the G-Funk era sound. Shout out to the West for the G-Funk sound. 91, Niggas for Life would be the group's final album. Now everything, like always, is about business. Business, the splits, the royalties, and the contracts. All that gets in the way of family, friends, and relationships. Everything is for the, the bread. Where's the bread going? I'm gonna get into a two for one because it comes with the, the territory. I told y'all we gonna slow walk this puppy. Okay? Let's get into it. The godfather of gangster rap, King himself. Easy E, known as Eric Lynn Wright, born September 7th, 1964. He propelled West Coast rap and gangster rap by leading the NWA group and label Ruthless Records, pushing the boundaries of lyrical content. Born and raised in Compton, Easy had legal troubles before starting Ruthless Records in 1987. Easy E supported himself mainly by selling drugs he sold into the dope man thug image due to his dangerous surroundings. 
Therefore, if you were a D-boy with an edge, you'd get respect. Sounds about right. In 1986, at age 22, Eazy-E earned as much as 250000 from selling drugs. Oof, man, I'm in the wrong business. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, after a tragic accident of his cousin getting shot and killed, he decided to make a better living in L.A. hip-hop scene, which at the time in the 80s growing rapidly popular. He started recording songs in the mid-80s and his parents' garage, then started his label later on. The original idea for Ruthless Records came when Easy asked Jerry Heller to go into business with him. Easy gets 80% and J- Jerry, he'll get 20. Jerry told Easy, in quote, every dollar comes into Ruthless, I take 20 cents. That's industry standard for a manager of my caliber. I take 20, you take 80. I am responsible for my expenses, you are responsible for yours. You own the company, I work for you. End quote. Along with Jerry, Easy invested much of his money into Ruthless Records. Jerry claims he invested the first 250k and would eventually put up 1 million into the company. So that's why that white Jew next to Easy was important. He could negotiate deals and he was an investor. High asset to Ruthless Records. Easy was a smart businessman. You had to give him that, y'all. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta shut out. Easy's debut album, Easy Does It, was released on September 16, 1988, a couple months before I was born. It was later labeled Golden Age Hip Hop. It sold over 2.5 million copies. Do they even sell like that anymore? Shit. It sold over 2.5 million copies in the U.S. and hit number 41 on the Billboard 200. The album was produced by Dre and DJ Yella and largely written by MC Ren and Ice Cube and DLC. On a personal note, Easy had all 11 children. He was getting it in. <laughs> he loved the ladies. He, all, he always said that. Out of 11 are Little Easy and Eric Wright Jr. in 1984. Shout out to Little Easy E. I watch you on Growing Hip Hop. Shout out. And a daughter named Erin who has legally changed her name to Ebby. Easy had a wife named Tamika Woods that met at a nightclub in 91 and married in 95. 12 days later before his death, they had a son named Dominic and a daughter named Deja, born six months after his passing. After his death, Ruthless was taken over by his wife. According to Jerry, Easy had 11 children with eight different women. Mm. Okay. Easy Easy. Easy E's father was a postal worker and his mom was a school administrator. But yet he dropped out of school at 10th grade. He later got his GED. This was a statement from Jerry. No one survived on the streets without a protective mask. Mm. No one survived naked. You had to have a role. You had to be a quote unquote thug, quote unquote player quote-unquote athlete, quote-unquote gangsta, or quote-unquote dope man. Otherwise, there was only one role left, quote-unquote victim. That was Jerry on Easy. It was said by an MTV influencer, John Whiterhorn, claimed Easy Does It paved the way for Straight Outta Compton, where Easy got performing and writing credits. Another fun fact, Easy in 93 during the Rodney King riot, I was young, but I remember that shit. It was fucked up. Easy was regularly attentive at the court prosecution of the officers of that beating. So he had a lot of activism spirit in him. You know? It's something nip what it is. Something nipsy hustle what it is. Go to a nigga hearing about, you know, if a nigga got beat up in front of his store in a marathon. I could see Nipsey going to the trial to support or 
you know, the court, you know, put some money up or do a song or something about it, you know. Shout out to real niggas. Blunt babe. Sick of this shit. <laughs> For real. It's real though. I'm sick of it. But real people do real things. And it's documented. So shout out to Easy E. Um, on February 24th, 95, he was admitted to Cedar Sinai Hospital. Shout out. That's where I was born. Um, anywho, he went in for a bad cough and he was diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. He announced his illness in a public statement on March 16th, 95, in which, quotes, Now I'm in the biggest fight of my life and it ain't easy. But I want to say much love to those who have been down with me and thanks for all your support. Just remember, it's your real time in your real life. End quote. That's what Easy said on his deathbed at the time. It was believed Easy caught infection from a sexual partner. March 26, 95, Easy died from AIDS, induced in, in pneumonia. One month after his diagnosis, he was 30 years old. He was buried April 17th, or I'm sorry, April 7th, 95. I can't even read my own damn writing. At Rose Memorial Park in Whittier, California. Over 3,000 people attended his funeral, including DJ Ella and Jerry Heller. He was buried in a gold casket and was dressed in a shirts, jeans, and his Compton hat. On January 30th, 96, 10 months after his passing, his final album, Straight Off the Streets of Motherfucking Compton, was released. According to his son, Little Eazy-E, Eazy-E was worth an estimate of $50 million at the time of his death. I believe it. According to his son, I'm sorry, Easy's influences were Ice-T, Red Fox, who did my nigga Easy look up to? Look at all these people he looked up to, cause you know I be looking up to some crazy people too sometimes, like you looked up to what, who? He used to listen to who? Light up, light up y'all, light bag, light bag in this thing though. How y'all Memorial Day going? Drinks up. Smokes up. I don't judge you. You don't judge me. We should be cool, shawty, let it be. Wes? Okay. I'm making that shit. Easy, easy influences were iced tea. Red Fox. Red Fox. See, that's a comedian. You never know that. King T. Bootsy Collins. I'd rather be with you. Yeah. Randy and C. Too Short. Prince. Egyptian Lover. Sugar Hill Gang. Schooly D. Richard Pryor. And George Clinton. In the documentary, The Life and Times of Eric Wright, Easy E mentions collaborating with many of his influences. That's, that's so dope. You get to work with people that you really not look up to, because that's just so cheesy and childish to me. I'll just say inspiration. In your inspiration. When you look up and you can touch your motivation and you can work with it that's another level gusher pack flambe anyway Easy E's last album had features such as Silky Fine <laughs> we gonna get into it Shout out Queen, BG Knockout, and Cocaine, to name a few. Roger Troutman, of course, legendary. In 2012, an easy doc was 
released by Ruthless Propaganda called Ruthless Memories, which features interviews from Jerry Heller, MC Ren, and DJ Knockout. In 2015, filmed straight out of Compton, which is, of course, the movie of the, of the podcast. You know, we do our movies. Straight out of Compton, Easy E is played by Jason Mitchell, and the film was dedicated to his memory. In 2016, he was portrayed in a film by singer-songwriter and label mate Michelle and surviving Compton, Dre, Suge, and Michelle, where Eve plays a friend to Michelle, warning her about a drunk Dr. Dre coming home to put hands on her. Y'all know her story if y'all go back and listen to the, the Michelle um, tribute. I talk about her story. Easy may have not had many albums, but he had a lot of impact. He had group and solo projects, which is enough to be grateful for. Some people got one hit, and that's it. But hey, shout out to the one hit wonders. It's hard to get a one hit. Shit. Salute. Um, shout out um, NWA as a group. A hole in everything they brought to hip hop, as well as EVE, who had his hands in everything. The godfather of gangster rap, quote unquote, they call him. So let's run it down. 1998, Easy Does It. 1996, Straight Off the Streets of Motherfucking Compton. These are the NWA albums. 1987, NWA and the Posse. 1988, Straight Out of Compton. 1990, 100 Miles and Running. 1991, Niggas for Life. These are some extended plays. 92, 5150, Home for the Sick. 93, its own Dr. Dre, 187 Kill em album. This 2002 Impact of a Legend. Easy was a prolific and will definitely live on in our hearts and hip hop as long as we can keep the torch burning and educate the youth from California and everywhere that you can make it. Keep dreaming. Shit. But put in the footwork. You have to invest in your dream. That was one thing I noted from the NWA and Easy Story. You have to believe in yourself. You have to put your money where your, your dream is, not just your mouth. It could have kept on. He could have kept on selling drugs until he got caught up in jail or death like his cousin did, which made him stop selling drugs. But he was wise enough to see the streets don't love nobody. And there's little outcome of goodness that comes from that not a happy life little did he know the industry don't love you either see all that access ability to unlimited resources bad negative resources can and will get you caught up you think it's just a little when the intake is more and more and too much of anything sometimes it's not healthy so with more money is bond to come with more problems Diddy said that. So this is the final episode of season one. Yay. On the Blunt Bay podcast. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. You guys, it takes a lot to write and come up with these shows. So I hope my loyal 1,000 subscribers and followers. <laughs> Look how it went from two to five to 1,000. <laughs> Tell my no, no, the gold is a thousand oil dedicated. If I just get a thousand from each platform or just in general, I know there's millions out there. There's billions, but you know that oil thousand. Okay, I'm talking across all my social. Okay, um, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I hope a thousand of y'all keep. Close to your hearts and minds. Nipsey says you need a solid, loyal thousand to, to always support everything you do. I'm humbly building my fan base. Ain't nothing like the ground does. Mm. I drink to that. I drink some ice cold Mother Nature. To that. Okay. 
ain't nothing like the ground up from scratch and I'm starting with some heavy foundation here okay the west coast pioneers kings and queens talent passion raw uncut originators trailblazers unorthodox premium talent beyond me here okay like some things can't be taught in no school can't no professor no institute no university no book no article teach none of this shit inside the people i'm honoring and have honored in the past okay now there are many 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 imitators duplicators but not enough and never will come close to most of these originators so shout out to the west coast pioneers yes coast that started this gangster shit over here in the west the west fell off because they always taken our legends they did it with pop easy e just to name a couple nipsey hustle now they always find a great man to take down us. But we got classics, timeless stuff over here. It was raw and uncensored, but it was educational and it was facts about what's going on in the inner city communities. The fact that they start gang wars, tagging up blocks, leaving box of guns and heavy artillery in hoods, the Chicago's and the Detroit's and the back backwoods to the south and all of that I heard about all that stuff down they come the oppressors do this so you can kill each other drugs were brought into the community where where do you think they come from crickets it's a lot of stuff that's not these kids and teenagers fault you got no parents in the house everybody working or daddy in jail or dead or just gone Mommy can't raise the man. Woman needs strong women, role models, but they're too busy working, trying to keep the bills intact. You're either working or twerking. <laughs> let me, let me it is all a system to keep you down and, be, and behind and everything. Family, business, money, power, respect. The black community struggles to obtain and maintain. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I'm finna get y'all out of here. I just miss y'all. I ain't, I ain't been a couple weeks. These things, that's why I go so hard for us. That's why I bang on wax and rant about shit. Cause it's time for reparations. We getting our minds and health and business and families in order that we can. Kings and queens, raise your kids right. I would if I was y'all. Because these internet going to do it. The streets going to do it if y'all don't do it. That's the realest thing I'm going to say. This podcast. I'm just not talking. I'm passionate, y'all. I mean every word I say. It's from my heart. I do this and nobody told me to do this. I wanted to. I felt there is a space needed to humbly and give gratitude to the pioneers and legends on the West Coast. We have not done that. Just getting started. Okay? This is a slow burn. It's a slow burn, y'all. Slow burn. All right. Oh, and we have an honorary real quick, y'all. I told y'all I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to get y'all up out of here. I spoke to her on the Facebook. Shout out, Queen. Silky Fine. Born Lamar Lorraine Johnson on July 12th. Professionally known by her stage name, Silky Fine is an American female rapper from South Central Los Angeles and a former member of the unreleased group GBM from Easy E's Ruthless Records. Silky Fine started a rapping, started rapping while she was in high school and getting a college degree. Come on, education. Shout out. 
She then went on to record her 1998 debut, Raw Silk, on RCA. She later released her second album, The Come Up, on Rough Town in 2000. Silky Fine toured with Bone Thugs and Harmony. She made numerous guest appearances on hip-hop albums in the 1990s. Her hit solo song that broke out in 98 was Romeo and Juliet. Which reached number six on the Billboard singles charts. She briefly reappeared a couple of years later in 2000 with a song called You Style, featuring Snoop Dogg and Busy Bone. In 2010, Silky Fine resurfaced back into the rap game, releasing two songs on MySpace. So y'all know this is pretty old, you guys. But these are the facts. Shout out to Silky Fine. Round of applause for the queen. Didn't know she was in Easy E's camp on Ruthless. Fun facts. <laughs> light up, light up, West Coast, babe. West Coast, blunt, babe. <laughs> Y'all just don't know. I live for this. I live for this. I love this. I'm gonna get it. We, we gonna get it together, y'all. We gonna have fun. We gonna have so much fun with this West Coast thing. We will. Thank you for listening. Can y'all favorite the podcast? Um, go follow me on IG Candy underscore Cubana. Write in on the show if you want to. Blunt Babe to crack two two K. I don't know why I put that. Blunt Babe two K at Gmail. Blunt Babe 2 Cray is the Instagram page. I made a, a podcast page, y'all. So, yeah, we, we in this thing. Remember to keep on moving. Don't stop. Stay, stay off the socials. Check on your family. Love on yourself. Until next time, I will be back. Season 1, Episode 10. Party on 10 yet. I love who love me for being unapologetically me. Oh no. Blumbe. Bye. Have a happy summer, y'all. Have a nice summer. Have a nice summer and be safe. And be safe in these streets, in these dating streets. Ladies, be careful. Men, be careful. Alright, y'all. It's been a pop. Season two. We coming. Plum Bay. <laughs>